Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shriekcast. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for and by lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we're in we're in the grips of the spookiest month of the year. I know, I'm scared right now. It's Halloween all month, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. But uh, for us specifically, as Harry Potter fans, uh, I have learned that this actually has uh, a second significance. Do you know? Do you know what month it is for for us in in the Wizarding world? Um, the anniversary of Harry's parents being murdered. You might think that I would. You might think that that would matter more <laughs> to the fandom, but no, no, it's Dark Arts Month. Oh, that's uh, really fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's the month where we all uh, love to dress up, I guess, as 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 wizard Nazi guys and mm. yell all the, the for unforgivable spells at people passing by. That's great. Is this the month that we go and get uh, matching dark mark tattoos? Ooh, ooh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, um uh dark arts month is a thing that is being promoted on the the like the fantastic beasts like twitter and and pottermore and stuff and i genuinely don't know what the point is like what 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 is dark arts month what are they trying here uh i assume that they are borrowing the aesthetic that is spooky and Harry Potter in order to um, theme their studio tours. It's been a little bit surprising to see just because it seems so, uh, excuse me, far removed from uh, Fantastic Beasts, which is coming out in like a month. Mm -hmm. Um, So it seems entirely separate. I don't know if Death Eaters are my favorite spooky aesthetic from (laughs) Harry Potter, but I guess i see how they got there they made the masks really scary yeah they did make them pretty scary but yeah it's been a constant thing so they're 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 touring this like i guess it is just called like the the harry potter studio tour or whatever where they're where they're taking around all these exhibits of like props from the movies and costumes and and like they're dressing up places yep you know stuff like the sets of the movies which actually seems quite cool uh i would like to go there and they they have a a a machine where you can make Dobby uh, move with like a, I think it's they've got like a connect set up or something like that fucking Xbox thing. And you can, you can pose Dobby and make Dobby dab and dance and, and do Fortnite dances. And I really want to go do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, most of the stuff that I saw was through um, my favorite Harry Potter YouTubers video. Uh, my favorite Harry Potter YouTuber being the bakey. Um, and she we goes love around the, and the we do love the bakey. She have, is we, easily- have we given the bakey big ups on the main podcast? I know we've talked about our Harry Potter hierarchy of, of YouTubers on the on the bonuses, but I think we, I think we've mentioned her. Yeah, she's she's our the most beloved YouTuber uh, of this podcast. Um, she she went got to go on the the spooky studio tour. She's a big I mean, I think is really getting into Dark Arts Month this month and is a big fan of Snape, which who isn't? Who isn't? Uh, so we got to see her do a uh, Fortnite dance at Dobby, although I think it broke. Maybe. It, it did break. Dobby's arm did go through his head at one point. Uh, it was very scary, which, hey, that fits. It's very spooky. That's a dark art right there. Yeah. So someone cast a curse on Dobby. 
<laughs> that's what the, that's what crucio will do to you it'll make you clip <sighs> clip into yourself and t-pose don't, don't crucio dobby no please don't but yeah, so so this is all like a weird run up to the movie stuff, I guess. It's just very weird because I don't associate the dark arts in Harry Potter, which are the things that the bad guys do with like Halloween, which I I like Halloween. Halloween's for like cool creatures and 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 spooky spells and and candy. Yeah, I think this is a a case of the fandom transcending. Cuz we're <laughs> down we're in, we're in the weeds right now. We are yeah. down in the oh, weeds yeah. of Harry Potter. We're reading Goblet of Fire right now. Um, so I, I think that like, if we hadn't read Harry Potter in five years, that maybe this would be kind of the, the takeaway that we would have. Whereas, yeah. Like, oh, the bad guys. Yeah. Dark arts. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, I suppose. And they sure made the Death Eaters spooky. Um, I guess the masks are oh, yeah. like cool. So dark arts month. Um, it doesn't help that the dark arts spells in Harry Potter are really boring. Cause they're all just like gun spell. Yeah, the dark arts is like having a gun, which I guess you know that's pretty. That can be pretty scary, I guess. But uh, but yeah, they're they're not. I think I think the the scariest one is Imperio, and even that is kind of like abstracted a bit. I think sure controlling someone's brain that's a little scary. Yeah, yeah. But we have we have another piece of like fortuitous news here, Mm -hmm. and I'm starting to form a conspiracy. I think J.K. Rowling is listening to the (laughs) Shriek. That I think is she quite hears the conspiracy. This. I think everything she knows. has everything has really been lining up for us lately. Yeah, uh, the stars are aligning kind of over and over and over again. Yeah, so we had we had our uh, our, our Nagini business. We had the video game week, and this isn't this isn't like a confirmation so much. This, but this is still like, does JK know that we're reading the World Cup stuff this week? Because she she was on Twitter, she was having she was on one on Twitter this week. I would I should say. Um, yeah, she is extremely online this week. Yeah, um, and she was like replying to random people on Twitter, which we know she loves. We we <laughs> we have like I cannot wait until one day we get to the, uh, J.K. Rowling's fucking old website with her her stories and rumors and 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 so on um and talk about like how she used to go on to chat rooms and call herself squidward <laughs> and and <laughs> like done that? <laughs> and like and like troll harry potter fans like talking about like speculating about the books like a uh, squidward uh so she loves like doing the like the the surprise it was me jk thing to people yeah and she's like replying to people on twitter who are talking about like random harry potter things but there was one that really stuck out here which is someone said the rules of quidditch make no sense um and jk rowling had this to say it makes total sense there's glamour in chasing an elusive lucky break but teamwork and persistence can still win the day everyone's vulnerable to blows of fate and obstructive people and success means rising above them quidditch is the human condition you're welcome yeah, so I I feel like the Quidditch question is a big one, right? Mm-hmm. This this is some this is kind of a popcorn Harry Potter criticism, which is that Quidditch makes no sense, right? So to see her come out on Twitter and say, "Here's why it does make sense." On the week that we're reading the Quidditch World Cup chapter is mm-hmm. pretty incredible. The the World Cup chapter, which features some some prime. Quidditch rules weirdness 
in it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little spooked out. I'm a little scared. Is is J.K. Rowling using the dark arts to to listen to our podcast and leave clues for us? Well, if she, I guess if she is listening, here's my answer to her saying that. And it's that I'll take her metaphor and like Quidditch being metaphorical for the human condition or whatever and say that both that can be true and it can make no sense as a sport. <laughs> I don't really... I don't really see how those things contradict each other. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with the fact that she put in blows of fate and obstructive people. She's, mm. she's JK Rowling is an Instagram success guy. I was going to ask if she's a Scientologist. Oh, 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 oppressive peoples. Yeah, you're right. Um, uh, but, but no, I see I, what I was thinking was like, like you know she's one of the like rise and grind let's get this bread and and uh they don't let the haters get you down fake friends uh you know kind of yeah kinda. i mean that's fred and george also <laughs> but yeah i see that rise, influence kind of working in yeah yeah so uh i think that this is this is insane she also uh <laughs> She also said, um, you know, there's her and some other, I believe, other authors or something were, were discussing seasons and and she's now full on trolling now, I guess, with, with this stuff in that she, she trolling said, us you know, in particular, trolling I feel. us specifically. Yes. You know, she's talking about how like, oh, she loves autumn hashtag centrist seasons. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean? What does it mean? What is Folks? a centrist season? It's centrist season. It sure feels like we're stuck in centrist season. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, whenever, whenever I see JK's Twitter, I know that it's <laughs> fucking centrist season approaching. <laughs> yeah, so lots of goodies. Um, some little tricks and treats from JK Rowling's Twitter. <laughs> it's the spookiest <laughs> time of month. Thank you, JK. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the Quidditch thing, honestly. It's, it's I, a lot. I I feel like we'll get into it uh, for the Quidditch World Cup chapter, and and partially just because now I'm reading it that way, like way more deliberately than I would otherwise. Uh huh. See if it fits. Yeah. 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 I've got some other news here. Some 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 maybe less less impactful news. Sure. But but some news that I just have to share. Partially because of where it's from. And you might say... Bustle. Yeah. Uh, no, not bustle this time. Oh. Uh, this is this is perhaps more cursed. Could you think of something more cursed than bustle? I, I mean, I can think of a lot. I, I don't know how far I'm taking the curse, you know? In the same wheelhouse. In, the, in like the same... Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say a voice for men. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is a lot more cursed than bustle. Okay, so, so so somewhere in the middle here. Um, I don't know anything. I'm not online. I want to say um, that uh, I'm, I can't think of that website. Is it like Refinery Twenty Nine or something? Oh no, close with though. a number. Yeah, no, this is from Scary Mommy. Ugh. So, Scary how? What is that? I what? I've, I, let's take a look at the front page, I guess, of Scary Mommy. Shop like a mother. Uh, your vaginal balance is counting on you. Mm. This is this is a mom blog. This is a this is bustle basically. But but I guess a rival rival to bustle. Is it we're adding this to the lore? Okay, I guess? sure. 
Uh, this is Harry Potter swear word wine glasses exist and they're huffle fucking awesome. Oh no, not this again. Uh, I, I'm only bringing this up because a little peek behind the curtain here. These popped up on the subreddit uh, once discussion week was over and they were allowed <laughs> to, to post links to pictures and things. Someone Uh-oh. posted just made these just made these uh, Harry Potter wine glasses. No, you didn't. No, you Uh-oh. did not. Calling Found this random user out did not make these awful glasses. And I'm not sure why you would want to take credit. They they are horrible, horrible glasses. Uh, in the Harry Potter font, they say, I don't give a raven crap. I don't give a huffle fuck. I don't give a slither shit. And I don't give a griffin damn. Um, and the kerning hmm. on all of the letters is completely wrong. It looks just terrible i feel like this is a case of like one of these things isn't like the others and i'm calling out raven crap as being not quite it doesn't feel like it fits i can't come up with like a better one i think this is like war games and the only the only way to win is to not play (laughs) these are all all just the worst this is not a drill these harry potter wine glasses are everything Anyone who thinks the entire Harry Potter series of books and movies is for children, please direct your attention to these wine glasses at once. Because there's nothing what? more adult than giving a griffin damn about pairing a glass of Moscato with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. <sighs> That's uh, the, horrendous. The Etsy shop has a whole line of these sweary, savory wine glasses that will light up your literature-loving heart. First up, the house everyone wants to be sorted into, Gryffindor, except it's a phrase that would make Hermione Granger blush. They're really going (laughs) wine glass by wine glass here. Yeah, I need some wine. Uh, A few of these, and you won't be giving a Gryffin damn about much of anything. These glasses are also a perfect addition to your holiday shopping list for any of your like-minded friends and relatives. Because who wouldn't want to pour a butterbeer? Don't lie, you know you've used wine glasses for things that aren't wine. We're not fancy here. Uh, I got my got my shopping list all figured out. Every one of my friends and family is getting a Hufflepuff glass with fucking cream soda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, and then they have a, I don't give a slither shit and Ravenclaw ones. This is such a long article, and with Thanksgiving quickly approaching, yes, yes, Halloween first, yada yada yada. That means most many of us will be subject to the company of at least one or two Trump-loving relatives. Ta-da, I don't give a hubble fuck. You are really pushing this, scarymommy.com. <sighs> I am not one for political unity, but I will say I think most people are probably united in thinking that putting a, a dumb portmanteau cuss word on your wine glass is probably a faux pas. I'm very lucky in that I uh, don't have to... I'm not in a position where I have to put up with any any Trump people for any reason, um mm-hmm. i don't know if my strategy would be to totally own them with a huffle fuck <laughs> wine right? glass right they probably aren't familiar with the good versus evil lore of harry potter anyway so just go ahead and make it known you give what? zero huffle fucks what i'm i'm really loving this narrative that like people who have bad politics it's because they didn't read harry potter it's like they Uh they must not they must not know about the struggle between good and evil if they really believe what they believe not familiar with the old harry potter yeah now asio wallet and head on over to etsy so you know just invoking 
uh some actual political crisis stuff to sell your fucking glasses to get affiliate links or whatever really good stuff at scarymommy.com i would i would um like wear a sweatshirt that said one of the like muggle fucker ones i think those are really funny <laughs> yeah but yeah i don't give a shit muggle fucker or whatever that one's <laughs> that one's great they're definitely nothing to unpack in in muggle fucker as a yeah no it's fine a, as a thing yeah that's the other i these glasses this is not the first time these glasses have even like popped up i think it's just some new person is is doing this grift again it is it is missing the muggle fucker one which is normally on these yeah i i would take the muggle fucker one in place of the raven crab because that doesn't really do much for me raven crab just doesn't make any sense no birds birds do poop but that's not really much of a swear um no yeah, I think I think we can just put let's put putting a word like combining words with fuck. Let's just like put that to bed. I think just say the swear. That's my that's my hot, hot swearing take today. How are you going to own your relatives at Thanksgiving? If I can't call them a dick shitting cock waffle of a Trump loader. <laughs> sir, how dare you, sir? You epic shitting bacon fuck. Yeah, that's ouch. Oof. <sighs> that's that's a lot. Um, but uh, thank you to what is it, D- mommy? Scary mommy. Scary mommy. That's quite a that's quite a post. I assume there's also a bustle post for this. But you know these these glasses. This isn't the last time that these are going to come around. <laughs> no, this is. A, I think once a month someone runs. Someone does this. Someone makes these. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Downloads the Harry Potter font. Goes on to I don't know Alibaba or some like bulk ordering site and just goes to town and and resells them all and and uh, good on them I guess. Let's move away from these curses. Let's 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 try and combat Dark Arts Month a little bit. Sure, yeah, because we are, we are fighting on the side of of the good wizards. Um, Hell yeah! Except I do have one more curse for you because I forgot oh, about this, and good. if I don't if I don't talk about this, I'm gonna lose it. Um, okay. I know All I know right. we have a lot to cover uh, for our chapters, but if you will think back to the very first episode of the Shrieking Shack, our 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 very first game was those um twitter content accounts oh yes yes our twitter update that recycle uh harry potter memes and content and at Mm -hmm. that time i went through and i followed a bunch of them on twitter and they're slowly driving me insane (laughs) hogwarts logic is ruining my life and I can't, it's like, I can't look away. I can't just unfollow them. I don't even think I followed the real Hogwarts logic. I think I followed like a fake one. Um, And I see all of their advertising. I would say for every Harry Potter post, I get 10 ads on my (laughs) feed. Um, I'm very pleased to see, and they're not Harry Potter related ads, by the way. No, no, no. I do not, I do not see the, like Hufflefuck glass, I see the weird advertisements that are supposed to look like they're from real people. So they're like mm-hmm. a picture of some like penis pillows. Those ones were around for like a month. And it and then the and then the text and there would be like a picture of like a sexy girl on the on the uh icon there and then the text would say my brother put 17 penis pillows in my 
in my room. I can't believe this with crying laughing emoji uh, and, and a link to a store. Um, and this is just a very odd... I don't know who's getting paid here because I follow <laughs> a bunch of these accounts and I see just these Harry Potter memes and they're so crunchy and they've they've been compressed and reshared <laughs> one million times and then it's just in a sea of these weird advertisements. Yes. Yeah, I'm assuming it's just got to be like there are a lot of accounts that like reach a certain like follower threshold and then put like for ink or in media inquiries uh email this address and that'll always mm -hmm. be like some advertising partnership thing how many levels down it goes that's what confuses me because the person tweeting the original like ad is the, probably the person who did that um so is it like a pyramid scheme where it's just like and then they'll promise to retweet it for a smaller cut of the it's fascinating like there, yeah. there's there's a lot going on here. My favorite tactic is that they they retweet stuff and then I think immediately or or, or pretty quickly unretweet it because all, there oftentimes I have seen similar ads or whatever from from Hogwarts Logic or from It's Harry Potter, which is the classic <laughs> one, um, where it'll like it'll be like It's Harry Potter retweeted uh, some like fake account that's got a picture of an Instagram lady and it says uh damn here's what's popping on my weekend and it's like a picture of a bar <laughs> a picture of the beach uh a picture of uh like fancy nice looking food and then the fourth picture is like a screenshot of like cardi b voice changer app or something oh god i get that one all the time yeah um, I think the craziest one that i've seen so far is um they they were advertising some sort of engraving service or some kind of jewelry um and it and it appears to be some kind of like bot network because you see the same tweets over and over again mm -hmm. um and so it would be a tweet that is uh someone that says my boyfriend got me this and he engraved it's like a, a key ring to go on your car keys and it says drive safe um he got it wherever and then that's quote tweeted by someone else like another bot that oh, so like that that says like my boyfriend wishes i would die in a car crash where are all these good boys at and it's one <laughs> of the oddest like advertising strategies i've ever seen because without fail there's always someone else treating it like saying like my boyfriend sucks dick and i hate him <laughs> I think yeah. that I I have to assume it's like targeted at teen boys who are getting like the false impression that this is a real like, this is like, a thing oh, that this, they have to get their girlfriends. This is how I have to be a good boyfriend. Yeah, is to 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 read the fault in our stars and to get a to get an engraving that says "Don't trip when you get on the top step." Um, yeah, I, I and I think that they're always they're trying to engineer those like. I mean, th this happens every day. There'll be, like, a mildly funny tweet, but then someone will quote tweet it, and it'll get, like, a fucking million retweets or whatever because they added to the joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that they're just trying to, like, manufacture that, and it's not happening. I just don't think it... There's no way it can work very well. No. 
who falls the, for the voice changer app one like 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 that one that one does, like for starters no one no one says like here's what i'm doing this weekend and just like posts four pictures like that's already a non-starter i think i would already think that uh, someone was like a robot for doing that but then who's i love to screenshot the apps i'm using this weekend that's that's what a normal <laughs> person does just 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 sending sending you screen caps of uh of like look i'm opening the notes app this weekend and also i'll be using diddy to make a make a funny song like like no one does that what are, well, what are you talking about i maybe i should make that post because i have an app on my phone and the only thing it does is play the fantastic beasts movie <laughs> So, yeah, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Here's what I'm doing this weekend. Picture of Nintendo Switch. Picture of of League of Legends stream. Picture of cooking. Picture of <laughs> Fantastic my, Beasts My app. WB uh, only play the Fantastic Beasts movie app. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah. I guess I guess that's my that's my um, Twitter content farm update uh well there's the one other detail which is that 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 some of them i think specifically like it's harry potter is the worst for this but i think hogwarts logic does this too i it's got to be people logged into the wrong account or something right but it'll retweet porn gifts sometimes oh yeah it's like like, sexy gifts yeah it's like the really boring like black and white tumblr gifts of like here's the the dick going into a vagina and it's like wow cool the best, thing you, I could, the best thing I could imagine is if they retweet uh, Tumblr Dom into my feed, and then I'll truly be free. It's at that moment that I'll oh, be able please. to unfollow. It's like sexy gifts retweeted Tumblr no, Dom. It'll be, so Thank it'll be you. one person tweeting the gif of the guy slapping the bed <laughs> really meekly with his belt, and and they'll say, like my boy, my boyfriend is 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 a cool Tumblr Dom, and someone will quote tweet it and say like, my boyfriend is the Burger King foot lettuce guy and sucks. <laughs> uh yep and, and it's and at that moment i'll be able to unfollow and i'll be free um <laughs> I, i'll say like the one the, the noblest of the bad content twitter accounts is the, the one that rps a snape i still stand by that they are extremely out of character and their posts are bad but they oh, do make atrocious. posts they're but all they just do, like they're... <laughs> they're making their those posts out there well that guy whoever's running the snape account for a while had a history channel marketing deal which mm. was really funny and and he would like snape would like in character snape would be talking about watching the history channel <laughs> very weird stuff yeah now he, now they just play um like twitter hashtag games with very yeah. bad jokes yeah um, real bad so and sometimes comment on the news which is maybe my least favorite thing to see but i do respect that they're out there i i'm like yes this is a real human making these posts not doing a great job but they're doing it i feel like they might be stuck like they might have made this account got so many followers and it's a very widely followed account and now they can't stop and they're so fucking sick of harry potter they haven't read it in like years so they have like such a tenuous grasp on they liked, as like, a character two of the movies or something yeah yeah they're trapped so uh if that person is listening to this um you you can stop it's okay you're free give us the account oh please yeah we'll yeah, take if, it off your hands i will i will, <laughs> I will rp is snape on twitter <laughs> if i can get that account oh uh, my god 
Yeah. Imagine. So, yeah. Give give us that account. Yeah. So thanks for for listening to my Harry Potter Twitter update. No, I'm very Our, glad we were able to get this out because yeah, it's... it's been on my mind a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ready for some Quidditch? Oh, I'm fucking ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> All right. Well, I will uh, take us into our chapter. It's got to take a deep breath because this is this is a long one. Uh, the first chapter we read this week is chapter eight, and it's called the Quidditch World Cup. We jump right back in and. All the kids and Mr. Weasley are arriving at the stadium, and we get a really cool description of the huge stadium. It seats 100,000 people. There's purple carpet. Uh, they all climb the stairs, and, and they're up at the top box, so they have to like climb a long ways, but it's one of the best, best seats in the house. We see uh, a lot of stadium stuff. We get some descriptions of some advertisements and things. When they get to their seats, Harry thinks he sees Dobby sitting near them, but it's actually a different house elf, and and she's Winky, and Harry talks to Winky for a little while and asks about Dobby uh, because she knows about Dobby and says that he's just kind of gone off the rails and is asking for pay and won't find a new family to, to serve, and Harry says, like, well, why shouldn't he get paid? He deserves to have fun, and on and on, but we're kind of getting the picture of that house elves are slaves as a people, not just Dobby. We find out also that Winky is saving a seat for her master, Barty Crouch. And that's when the minister Fudge arrives in the box, along with the minister of Bulgaria, who at this point we think doesn't speak any English, but uh Oh, Lucius Malfoy and uh, Draco and Narcissa are there too. I think this is our first time seeing Narcissa and we find out that Lucius has been invited to sit with, with Fudge after making like a contribution to the hospital and is, uh, and Fudge gets distracted by, I think the Bulgarian, uh, minister and Lucius says something rude and has a little bit of a tense moment with Arthur Weasley where he says like, how'd you, how'd you get this seat? Did you, your house wouldn't be worth this much or, or whatever. Uh, before anything can happen, Ludo Bagman arrives, and it's about time for the match to start, and he casts a spell so that his voice is really loud, and he's going to be the one that commentates the match. It's time for the team mascots to come out, and they do a little show before before the Quidditch World Cup every year. So we see the Vila for the first time, and they're Bulgaria's mascot, and they are beautiful women and they put all the men in a trance and Harry kind of goes into a trance and starts thinking like he needs to impress these beautiful women and that he might try to impress them by jumping out of the stands but he he gets pulled back kind of at the last moment and it's like oh those are those are Vila they make you horny uh, then it's time for the Irish uh, mascots and they're leprechauns and they put on like a cute little fireworks kind of flying show and they drop a bunch of gold onto the crowd. Ron picks some gold up and gives it to Harry and says, these are for the Omnioculars. You're going to have to get me a Christmas present now. It's now time for the Quidditch game. We get the team introductions they make kind of a big deal about Victor Crumb. He's really cool. Everyone loves him. Harry notices that the Irish team is using firebolts. That's like the broom he has. There are then many pages of Quidditch action, which I will not recount here, other than the <laughs> fact that uh, the Irish chasers are really good, but their seeker just keeps crashing face first into the ground because Crumb is just so good at seeking. 
and doing dives. And Harry goes, oh, I never understood those dives until I saw there is actually like a quite a bit of good Harry seeing a professional Quidditch match for the first time stuff in here that I uh, am just like not going to go through play by play. The game eventually gets really dirty. There are lots of like fouls and, and they're playing viciously. The Irish are up by tons of points because the Bulgarian chasers suck, I guess. Uh, it's also during this time that the leprechauns are kind of goading the Vila. And so the leprechauns and the Vila end up getting into a brawl on the Quidditch field because the Vila turn into horrible bird monsters to attack them. Um, the game is just so brutal. And eventually Crumb catches the snitch, uh, even though Bulgaria is going to lose because he, uh, quote, wanted to end it on his own terms. He didn't say that. I think it was Ron that says it. The players all come up to the top box where Harry and, and company are sitting and they get applauded and are announced and Ireland receives the trophy. Fred and George kind of turn to Ludo Vagman and they say, you know, where's our winnings, Ludo? Because they made that gamble in the previous chapter. And that is the Quidditch World Cup. There's a part there in, in your in your very good recap where you said the minister, comma, fudge. But I misheard it as the minister of fudge. And... <laughs> All I could think of was was if it was if in Harry Potter there was a minister whose job it was to distribute candy and he was the minister of fudge. That's Lupin. Oh, hell yeah. Lupin, we got a good job for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he, he can do after leaving he lost Hogwarts. His job for sure. Uh no, that was because I forgot Fudge's name. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, the who? Um I have a bone to pick with this chapter. I have a few bones to pick with this okay. chapter. But yeah, I, go, here, let's, let's this one's real short, so I'm just gonna say it. Uh, yeah. nowhere did the Quidditch rules get explained to me, so I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> okay. Okay, no, you had a real bone to pick with this <laughs> chapter. Exactly. Uh just don't understand at all what is happening. No Quidditch rules. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow this. Yeah, how do you get to the fourth book without explaining how the quidditch game works oh god what a mistake where was the editor for this <laughs> <laughs> okay pre pre quidditch game stuff sure um, winky mm-hmm. Ooh, boy yeah so this is kind of i feel like the turning point where it's like yep this is not a like before I was I was kind of pleasantly surprised by the Dobby stuff because it seemed like a story about him, right? He yes. he was a slave to the Malfoys, but it didn't really go beyond that and he was free at the end of the book and that felt good and triumphant. This is the part where it's like, oh, all house elves are slaves. Yeah, like uh-oh, this is a thing. Also, like I know that it's a little bit different because she is like a little elf creature, but I'm I'm not thrilled with the premise that harry just turned around and saw saw like <laughs> dobby <laughs> yeah oh dobby how'd you get tickets <laughs> like, <laughs> like like not, not like the real world version of that is so much more awkward and awful um, um I, I guess he's only seen one elf he's just not not that sharp in that moment <laughs> yeah um i'm also not thrilled with the way that she talks uh in in that very like i know that i'm probably not supposed to re i'm supposed to like put an english accent on it on it i'm sure but it really reads like uh some like stereotypical mammy type stuff because she's 
talking about herself in the third person and is like putting S's on everything. And it's really uncomfortable to read her talking about being a slave uh, with this like sort of bad English quote unquote stuff. It's 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 icky. This is icky. Yeah. On the flip side, Harry seems to come out strong against slavery. And by strong, yeah. I mean Hell yeah. pretty like, well, why why wouldn't Dobby get paid? And I appreciate hearing that from him. Um, yeah, it only took an entire book about wizard racism and Dobby to, for him to get to this point. But he got there. Good for him. Yeah, I think he's going to probably uh, not end up there. And that's the thing is like, <laughs> he he is rightfully like, this is bad but he also forgets really fast because uh, i guess we'll see in the next chapter it quickly becomes hermione's thing um Mm -hmm. but i was i was pleased i was like thank you thank you harry for having a thought about something yeah um and and i like uh i like other than that stuff i i like the scene in the box um I'm, i'm glad lucius is back he's such an awful bitch Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I and I really enjoy his interaction with Arthur. The the Fudge being just like the doddering politician again is very cute. Um, I like. <laughs> there's there's a line that I hated until the reveal happened because I completely forgotten the joke with the Bulgarian minister. Um, oh yeah. Uh, but there was a line where it said like the Bulgarian minister was like jabbering or something or like gab like gabbling yeah oh yeah i I noticed that too it was a weird weird way to describe uh, someone speaking in a different language yeah but once it's revealed after the quidditch game that he was just fucking with fudge that i that worked for me i thought that was very funny yeah um yeah um yeah the stadium stuff i like that it's a cool big sporting event um, yeah magical this, like, stadium thing just like the last chapter all the stuff I like about it being like a big like cultural event is very cool i like the blackboard ads and stuff and the um like the way that it's sort of like a normal muggle sports game but just like weird in a few ways like it's cute little touches like that that i i think are very nice i i am starting to get a little bit confused and i or not confused but I can't tell how deliberate this idea or this theme of um, if magic were real, things would be the same is supposed to be. Yeah, that is true. We get the like, like we get all the ads and and everything, but it's. I guess I'm I'm just not sure how deliberate that theme is. So we can look at that going forward. Yeah, there's yeah, there's interesting stuff there, especially once we get into like more of the government themed stuff uh, in the later books. I'm very curious to know like how we're supposed to read that. Is like, is it intentionally very close? Is it is it just that like jk like couldn't conceive of 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 a world being any like of course they have advertising you know or you know and right i guess that's kind of the vibe i get but i i don't want to be unfair yeah to this yeah i do like that stuff still but it is interesting to think about like how how much of it is like deliberate satire and how much of it is just like well i've got to make a magical version of blank you know yeah, uh, I, that's how it f- I've definitely felt that way with the ads. I was like, oh, these are the magical advertisements, uh, mostly because it reminds me of fandom stuff a little bit where it's like, 
like magical ads for birdie bots every flavor beans and and things it, it felt mm-hmm. like it was grounded in that that also, it also makes me think of fantastic beasts has so much of that stuff like oh, the first yeah. movie that was yeah. like every shot had like some variation on on that stuff and like for better and worse i think mm-hmm. um um but yeah it's it's it is it is like becoming a thing now and it's going to be interesting to read that moving forward Mm-hmm. Um, stepping forward from the box to the mascot stuff. Yeah, I think this is probably the big one for this chapter, huh? Yeah, this is fucking weird because I, in theory, I like the idea. It's the language around it that is so insane to me. Uh, so the, are they the like con- animals? They're being treated like them, but like Vila are and leprechauns are clearly sapient. Like they are people. Um, right. I I did some research on this, and like like according to to like both the wiki and the lexicon, which is the more like thoroughly researched one or whatever. Um, you know, leprechauns are completely like you know sapient and 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 have uh, you know minds and 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 culture and they just never uh requested to be listed as beings by the ministry that's a whole other can of worms the like ministry registry of beings and beasts thing but we won't get into that just yet um right um but yeah like leprechauns are people and vila are people but they are talked about with like it uh like like genderless it uh uh terminology pronouns and stuff in in this this section it's really fucking strange yeah i uh i i guess i did remember that the vila we do see that the they the vila turn into bird monsters but i had kind of forgotten about the brawl i suppose Mm -hmm. that happens Mm -hmm. during the, the cup i also um i know i said during my recap that vila make people horny um and I stand by that. However, it manifested in like a way that I wasn't expecting oh, so or didn't weird. remember. Because Harry, we I mean, we see it from Harry's perspective and he goes into a trance and it's um, it ends up being like a he, he thinks they're so beautiful and he like forgets himself and thinks that he has to impress them, but nothing will ever be enough. So he thinks that he, I mean, is going to kill himself essentially like that. Right? Did I read that weird? I, I think I think the implication that I th- is supposed to be there is I think that he thinks that doing like a front flip down to them or something will impress them. I think like I think I don't think he's thinking I must die to impress them. I think that he thinks that he can just jump down there. I think. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. Um, so so this becomes like a weird moralizing thing for Harry. Oh my god god and maybe it's so... and i don't it's so strange because i know i get it like it's supposed to be like looks aren't everything but it really reads like they're beautiful women but really deep down they're bird monsters yeah it's so weird okay because like just this is extra weird to me because i would say that like if i i mean like i i like a lot of like folklore and fantasy stuff if you held me at gunpoint and said like what's your favorite fantasy creature i would probably say harpy or Mm -hmm. something i think they're really fucking cool 
this is the weirdest manifestation of this like creature that I've ever seen in a story because for, for one, they are not treated like people here, which is already weird. Like, like yes. just on its face, they they are trotted out. Like the country has brought an indigenous creature or not even, I'm going to back up. They have brought an indigenous person to perform <laughs> a sexy dance for them at this at this world cup thing so that's already fucking strange and has really awful implications uh but the also the part where it it has to manifest as like a story about like women for harry is so weird uh especially because this is all like pre Cho Chang stuff and like we're ugh, it, it's just like gross all the way down like the the more I think about it uh not a fan yeah I it's 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 really quite strange and I was pretty surprised by it I don't really like I I, I am getting I feel like the evidence is piling up that there's just gonna be so many parts of this story that i guess are like um i don't know how to say it i i guess like the not like other girls thing mm-hmm. because it kind of it kind of puts i mean it, it does literally put the vila opposed to hermione who at a yes. couple points in the next few chapters is like frustrated with them or like is i roll like stupid boys falling for the like pretty girls or whatever yeah uh so it kind of sucks yeah it's it's not good um it's also like just like the, the most hetero this book series has been so far like just so completely down the middle is like like oh the boys all fall for it but the girls don't it's like oh this is how magic works i guess is like like down down gender line it's very weird did you get the vibe that um uh, maybe this is me like projecting a little bit but like did you get the feeling that arthur weasley doesn't fall for it as much because he is a good a good married man yes no that was 100 <laughs> percent like like yeah um yeah he's yeah he's over it or whatever it's very silly um yeah and I just, again, like, like the same with the Leprechaun, like, we're focusing on the Vila a lot here just because it also has these other implications, but, like, the, the, the Leprechaun stuff is the same, where it's just, like, like, these are people, like, they're, they're also, like, watching the Quidditch match, mm-hmm. like, they, they are clearly, like, invested in it, it's just, like, there are so many things about this that are so fucking strange and, and unfortunate, and, uh, I, I don't know... Like you, I mean, like your stuff with like the advertising thing. I don't know how we're supposed to read it. I don't think she thought about that aspect of it at all. Yeah, and I guess I the leprechauns don't stick out to me like as much only because we never see a leprechaun again. Yeah, um, no, ever, never, it, ever uh, again. This is like the first and last time that we see them, and they're somewhat like engaged in the match and stuff. But the Vila are too. We we see the Vila being disappointed after bulgaria loses um but we are going to see more vila stuff because obviously fleur is half vila uh so we Mm -hmm. get a vila character um and i think like her grandma was a vila i think that she has her grandma's hair in her wand because vila are magical creatures Um, yeah 
they are categorized more as animals than they are as people. That's um, so weird. And They're they people. Make just you really they, horny. Just because they do a cool dance doesn't make them not people. It's very weird. I I just I'm I'm I, I'm I, this is one of those things I'm just gonna keep circling around forever just because it's so uh almost like the goblin stuff where it's just like this is so wild and blatant that it's like incredible that she didn't think it out more i think yeah i i think that um this to this chapter to me makes fleur maybe one of the biggest character missed opportunities that i can mm-hmm. imagine um mm-hmm. as someone who would love to turn into a horrible bird monster yeah that could have been the coolest shit ever and right. i don't think she <laughs> ever gets to do that yeah like, like like back when i was saying like like oh you know harpies sirens etc are like my favorite characters it's specifically because of like there is a lot of stuff you can play with with like their their duality right Mm -hmm. um and like i'm not against that popping up here as like a like ooh, they're pretty but then they turn into a scary bird like like that's fine but but the way it's deployed here to be like a moral lesson for harry and like ron (laughs) is so basic i guess and all it also like not only do they turn into like bird monsters with cool claws and and a bird head yeah uh, they throw fireballs hell yes are you telling me that that is not the coolest shit in the world like <sighs> like like is her like why is why what does hermione have against that like like wouldn't you want to throw some damn fireballs like super mario that sounds cool as hell to me i do yeah that sounds cool but this yeah this is just really i don't think we ever see this i don't think this matters right like this is it goes into this joke and and moralizing for harry and also to set up like our like good female characters as being opposed to yes as opposed to being yeah not they're not pretty but they won't turn into a bird monster because they're smart it's like I don't know if these things have to be diametrically opposed. Yeah. So It'll probably be smart and a bird monster and, and, and hot. I don't know. That seems pretty cool. seems cool to me. I don't know why Fleur didn't turn into a bird monster during the Battle of Hogwarts. Because I think that would have been pretty yeah. fucking cool. Fuck yeah. Maybe she can't because she's half Fila. I don't know how. I guess I or don't know how that Maybe she can works. still throw fireballs. Ugh, hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So so. There's a lot going on here. This is a lot of like Harry Potter gender politics stuff rearing up and also Harry Potter racial politics flaring up like all at once. It's just kind of a mess. Uh, yeah, but, definitely. But yes. Suffice to say, not super into into uh, indigenous peoples being shipped to a, a sports game to do a little dance for everyone. Little weird. How about the Quidditch game? um it is really the the dive stuff is so funny to me Uh, (laughs) he's so good at diving just like he's so fucking good at diving just like harry and it's he's got a name for it. it's the ronsky faint um yeah uh what the weird part here is that i'm i swear to god in 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 the in the third book harry does exactly that to cho chang right like he he does a fake (laughs) dive where he hasn't seen the snitch I assume this must be a super special dive, is a special move. I think he just did a normal, normal okay. dive. I want to know what 
uh, the Irish secret's problem is. Um, yeah, I feel like okay. once if you're in the World <laughs> Cup qualify, like, like if you qualify for the World Cup, I don't know if like your seeker keeps crashing uh, is something you want happening you know yeah so so my understanding is that crumb is fainting right and so he's pulling out of dives at the last second um and every time this happens the irish seeker just like plows into the ground right Mm -hmm. i i so okay so he can't do the dive very well and he can't pull out of it does he not know how not to crash his broom into the ground does he not does he not know where the ground i assume that he'd be very good at flying and i assume part of that is like knowing your limits so i'm not understanding why he just routinely is just crashing into the ground which doesn't move the ground is the ground is the ground yeah yeah that is is very strange i this has got to be just a like wrestling with the with the inherent problems of quidditch and trying to find ways to escalate it from what it is in the school matches right mm-hmm. like like i think that's just like a problem of like the 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 school matches have never had the sense of like being an amateur version of the sport right like the stakes are as high as they can possibly be for the kids there um he, harry the flying... has a professional broom yeah harry has a fucking fireball uh you know, it's never it's never saying stuff like, "Oh, uh, the the Hufflepuff chaser missed the hoop and and bonked his head on the on the, <laughs> the hoop." Uh, they're taking a break for orange slices. It, like, there's no there's nothing that like indicates that it's anything but like the best of the best playing. They're just at Hogwarts, but like here it has to escalate to a greater heights or whatever. And I guess that what that means is they pass a lot and the the chaser crashes sometimes and they're going really fast oh they're going so fast i actually really did like the the omni the omnioculars here um Mm -hmm. i thought it was pretty cute that he watched like a bunch of plays like in slow motion and didn't realize it like that's kind of cute um yeah i i like all this stuff zoomed out and i think i'm gonna circle back around to the jk rowling tweet because i i do like the kind of progression of the quidditch match as it serves the story but it still doesn't make sense as a sport you can have it you can have uh it both ways and i think that's true yeah 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 i don't think it needs defending as much as we like poking at it it doesn't really matter that much if this um, is a metaphor for he- the human condition does that mean that crumb killed himself <laughs> he's ending on his own terms bye yeah that was all that was a little strange i the, the one thing i will say that like kind of doesn't make sense here is that surely being two goals away from winning isn't a good position to throw the match over no i i think that's my biggest problem with this is that i if they were getting completely stomped or whatever, if they were like five goals they're, down or whatever, right? Like, there's no way they're down. gonna win. Um, well, they're, actually, no, they're one goal down, like from being tied. Like, that's just that just seems weird on Crumb's part. It just seems like he would get fired for that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like people would be thrilled about that one. It, it just reminds me of of when the the NBA finals are happening this year or whatever, and there's that fucking photo of 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 lebron thought it was over yeah thought about yeah i thought we were ahead yeah it just says exactly that yeah so i i'm and again i really think that this is the this is the tone shift like we're still in the logic of the like kids kids book 
mm-hmm. um, stuff and kids book Quidditch, um, but we're moving it into this like way more mature, different tone, different style. And it just doesn't work for me because it doesn't make any damn sense. I don't know why people would be happy after this, especially with this as being the wizard version of the World Cup. Um, right. Like, have you yeah. seen those got those fans? Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. like, is that really how this would go down? Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to think of like a recent example. Cause I'm not a big sports person. So I, I, I was, there's the NBA final thing. There was the time that the Cowboys scored an, uh, say like a safety in the first second or whatever of the Super Bowl, and everyone yelled at them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if everyone would like politely clap for crumb or whatever. Yeah. I just really don't buy this. Maybe, maybe wizards are just a little bit more polite or maybe they don't care about <laughs> sports as much, but I don't think, think that, I don't think that's what we're supposed to get from this. What's the wizard equivalent of like flipping a car over after a sports game? That's what I'm saying. I want to talk about that more in ne- in the next chapter because yeah. I am, I've got some issues with this world building here at this sporting event. So I, but I, I don't feel like I can talk about it until we start the next one. Yeah, um, we're basically at the end. I, 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 I appreciate that Ludo Bagman is so forthcoming with the, with the twins. Uh, I had forgotten that subplot entirely and I'm glad that he, he doesn't try to cheat them out of their, their, their gold. Yeah. Um, so do you want me to just go into chapter nine? I don't think yeah. I have anything else for this one. Yeah, let's yeah, let's let's go to the dark mark. Okay. Um so again, we're just uh jumping in where we left off and they're all leaving the stadium and they go back to their tent and go to sleep for the night because they're going back to the Weasleys the next day. Harry has a dream about winning the World Cup. Uh I think it's it's like a dream where he hears Ludo's voice and he's announcing his name and he holds up the trophy. But they get woken up by Arthur Weasley. Something is wrong and they need to run. And it's actually pretty scary. Uh, the kids all get up and they're in their pajamas and scrambling and something horrible is happening. They can tell that the the sounds of the Irish celebrating has, has turned to what sounds like something bad happening and explosions and people screaming, that sort of thing. Uh, as they go out and they have to go run toward the woods and they see that there is a march of dark wizards and they're wearing masks and they're levitating the muggle family that owns the campsite, including their kids, and they're levitating them above them and they flip the mom upside down so her nightgown falls and there's like kids that are spinning and it's really horrible and horrible torture. Um, but they have to have to get into the woods and get away. Bill, Charlie and Percy go to help the ministry. So it's just the kids kind of running into the forest. They reach the tree line uh, and there they run into Draco Malfoy and he's standing there looking perfectly relaxed. And he, I I guess I was going to say warns them that they would be after Hermione, but it isn't, it isn't like genuine. It's like better, better watch out or Hermione's going to be up there. So he's being shitty. And then Harry asks Draco, well, your parents are probably there in the masks. Um, But they say like, we got to go like, don't fuck around with Draco. So they continue into the woods and we get kind of a series of scenes where they're coming across other people who have run into the woods. So I'll just kind of list them as they come across them. They pass by uh, a few teens uh, that are uh, that ask them th- ask them a question, uh, but it's in French. And Hermione says, "Oh, they're from from Beaubatons, the the French school." Uh, and the 
the teens kind of turn away when they realize they don't speak French. Harry at this point re- realizes that he doesn't have his wand and thinks he has to drop it. He had dropped it a ways back, but he doesn't have time to go back. The next person they run into is Winky. She's running from the campsite, but she looks like she's dragging something invisible behind her or is like weighted down. The kids eventually speculate that the reason is because she's disobeying orders by leaving the campsite and feels like there's something physically holding her back. Hermione uh, and Ron have like a brief fight because Hermione uh, is mad about slavery and Ron thinks it's okay though, because they like it. (laughs) Uh, the, the, the next thing that they run, they run across some goblins who look unconcerned uh, and they have found what looks like a bag of money. They also happen upon uh, a group of, of men who are uh, gathered around some of the Vila mascots and they're all in that kind of like Vila trance and they're trying to impress the Vila and Stan Shunpeg is one of them and he's telling some kind of tall tale to the Vila to to show off. The next person they run into is Little Bagman who doesn't know what's going on and is wondering why they're in the woods so they tell him and he looks like haggard and and all messed up and they um they tell him like well there's like a mob at the campsite and he says oh shit and disapparates. He doesn't say shit. Um they Eventually stop walking because they've decided they've gone far enough. Um, They hear a voice from in the tree line that they don't recognize. And then an an incantation, uh, Mors Mordra. And we see the dark mark for the first time. Uh, The Ministry of Wizards immediately arrive and they uh, shoot stunning spells at them. But the kids duck and so they all go wide off into the trees. Uh, there's a lot of chaos. Um, Mr. Crouch is there and he's being crazy. He's super mad about, uh, the dark mark and is wondering which of them cast it. Arthur arrives and is like, they wouldn't cast it. It's Harry Potter. And also, uh, Cedric's dad is there. And there's just kind of general, you know, like what happened. They realize that they might've knocked someone out in the trees, uh, with their stunners that went wide. So Amos Diggory goes and he drags back an unconscious Winky who has Harry's wand. They cast uh, the, the wand history spell on the wand to show that it had cast the dark mark. Um, They decide that Winky probably couldn't have done it because she's a house elf and where would she learn it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But Crouch doesn't care. He's, she still disobeyed orders, and so he he gives her clothes and frees her, and she's really devastated, and and it's horrible. Um, Harry does get his wand back, and they go back to the campsite to sleep. Uh, the the whole the mob had been the or the Death Eaters had scattered when they saw the dark mark. Uh, we also get the explanation of what the dark mark is, which is the call sign of Voldemort. He used to cast it when when the Death Eaters would kill someone. Hermione's really mad about Winky uh, and is mad about slavery and, and argues with both Ron and Percy about it. Uh, and then they go to sleep and they just have a couple hours until they have to have to go home. But that's the end of the chapter. This is a spooky one. It's scary. This is Dark Arts Month uh, coming at, at you full force here. Yeah, this didn't make you want to go get a Dark Mark tattoo? No, not really. Hmm. <laughs> fair Uh, fair enough yeah yeah um this is we talked a little bit about this before recording but like the tone shift is so sudden here um like the novel style has you know changed quite a bit but like this goes full dark real fast yeah this Uh, is highly gruesome um 
and, and not not in a bad way i don't think like it's 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 effective uh and scary mm-hmm. um uh the like the death eater march is a really good observation because the the thing that is always easy with creating villains uh especially villains that are like clearly like based on like nazis and kkk guys or whatever it's very easy to make them like violent and scary um Mm -hmm. but the part where they're also like gross and pathetic and cruel is the part that i think is more important and that is really strong here like they aren't just like evil wizards who are scary boogeymen like they are like being just like monstrously cruel to these muggles yeah, I, I really liked the line when Ron, they're leaving the tent and are about to run away into the woods and Ron looks at what they're doing and says like, that's so sick, like multiple times, like he's in shock. I think that was, a, I think that that's probably the scariest part of these books so far, I think. Is yeah. That, that scene where we're seeing it happen and they have to run away and that like kids are reacting to what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, I just appreciated like how base they like they're not like scary badass like they are base and crass and 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 like like it's like they sound drunken too like like, mm-hmm. like it really it really uh i had forgotten which i think might be maybe you know thinking we, we were joking about the dark arts month stuff but i think that kind of makes that stuff all the funnier to me because the death eaters in like all of these funny gifts of, of them being scary and stuff in the movies or in costume <laughs> at the WB. Like they're kind of badass looking, right? They're like Oh yeah. They've got like cool silver masks and 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 they've got scary robes and they're doing cool poses, which is kind of not what they are. Like they're a bunch of like like drunk, power hungry, like racists, you know, like like there there's no dignity or uh like theatricality to them in this in the, in the book they're just like a, a mob yeah yeah they're a mob and they also get scared off by mm-hmm. the the dark mark at the end um yeah so i i really did like this it surprised me um i i knew that these books were gonna get darker or whatever but i kind of thought that that was going i thought that the cedric death was going to be the like turning point yeah i guess like oh shit's getting real um but i would say it's this chapter yeah yeah like this is at least a turning point for sure uh yeah maybe that'll be even more you know of of a shift when we get to it but like for now absolutely this is like quite a uh, a change and like a, a cool one in in that like this was very effective to me uh, mm-hmm. in a way i was not expecting i i think that this i think that this the series of scenes as they're they're going deeper into the woods might be may, might be some of my favorite uh like atmospheric mm-hmm. stuff they go through i don't know if i did a very good job in my summary of kind of like explaining what happened because it's like they're passing through and they're seeing like snippets of other things that are happening and it's really quite eerie yeah i love this stuff um i i know that there's like 
there's like goblins like counting gold after like they've won clearly won it in a bet or whatever there's the um there's the vila i love i stan i stan stan we stan stan <laughs> uh he's I- my favorite yeah, he's very funny. I am a little nervous because I can't remember if he ends up being a Death Eater or if he is framed. I think later. he's imperious. I think he's imperious later or something yeah, like that. I, yeah, I think so too. Uh, uh, but I, it, this is funny too because this version of the Vila thing is so much better to me than anything that happens in the World Cup chapter. Just them like hanging around with these guys making up stupid stories for them is really funny. Yeah, and and they're absurd. They're like the kind of stories like I just won the Quidditch World Cup and like I flew to the moon. Um, I, this whole sequence has a very um, like a theme park ride vibe to me. Like you feel like you're in a like a theme park, you know, car, and you're like passing through these these little like scenes of like it's very haunted having yeah and yeah i really liked that a lot um i was very nervous um i think the winky thing is the biggest plot related clue because if i do remember correctly the weight is actually barty crouch jr is that right oh i think you might be right i think Um, that she's pulling him because he cast the spell um yes and i and i think that what they think is her going against orders is really she's dragging barty crouch jr away from yes from the scene i think you might be right uh and then i think the bagman thing is a clue too right like or is he Uh, just or is is he just randomly doing something no i believe that he's he uh didn't have money to pay his bets i think so oh, he, he, he he was he was paying out with the gold right like right so he yeah so he paid off the his debt to fred and george and then had to run i think that's what it was yes yes he 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 paid everyone with the leprechaun gold yeah uh um and and like, yeah that's right i forgot about that yeah i knew it was a clue for something i just couldn't remember whether it was like he was also being imperious cursed or whatever yeah uh, I, I think it's a good like it's something that if I remember correctly is one of those things where as you're reading this book you kind of wonder if he's going to come back and be like the villain or yeah he's going to have something to do with it and I don't think he ever does but it's kind of a nice little yeah uh, uh, diversion as we kind of walk through the woods here yeah yeah this scene is really cool it's uh I don't know like like this is a lame way to say it, but just like I like uh anything that's just like a scene dedicated to just providing some flavor you know mm-hmm. and like this kind of fills in some of like the shadier corners of the world i guess yeah in some interesting ways i think that this i think that the scene uh with the ministry wizards and uh winky and the dark mark is probably the craziest part of this chapter i still like it fine it, it's it's doing a lot of work um to make it more of a mystery than it is i think here because like anyone i mean they they get there eventually but like like i think the premise of them even suspecting harry potter and his friends is fucking absurd right it is like yeah what i can't remember what is amos diggory's job is he a ministry guy uh i feel like I we believe, are told yes no I, he is i believe i don't know if we i don't know if we know what department or anything but he is because he knows arthur at the beginning 
right uh when they're when they're going to the port key so i think he's just like like also in the government uh different department or something like that i, th- I think that there are some world building things that fall apart for me in the scene um, yeah i i i guess like try this one on for size yeah uh, we know, according to, I think, J.K. Rowling's Twitter, when she was asking que- or answering questions, uh, there are 3,000 wizards in the UK, <laughs> I believe. Mm-hmm. I w- I'm not sure. Sh- or English wizard? I'm not sure. Um, there are about 3,000 wizards, um, and 100,000 wizards attend the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, not all... Of- and I'm also supposed to believe that the world cup tickets are pretty hard to get right because when they mm-hmm. were arriving on the port key there was that like name drop is like oh that yeah that other wizard down the street they couldn't get tickets or whatever and yeah um, it's like a huge and that thing people with and, cheap tickets had to arrive early and stuff yeah yeah um so this seems like it would be a pretty big deal huh <laughs> yes yeah so um, and it's also just like the corollary to like the, the our Muggle World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. It is right. Like if if there was like a a a a, a race riot at a at a at like the World Cup or whatever, and like someone, yeah, if How someone many like Death Eaters are the, there? Yeah, if someone like unfurled a swastika banner like at the World Cup or or the Super Bowl or whatever, and like like i don't know like an army of 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 guys started jackbooting around that would probably be a big deal i think i would think so and so the kids run into the woods um and a dark mark is summoned which is a call sign of like wizard hitler right Mm -hmm. um and then the Ministry Wizards arrive to accuse Harry, Hermione, and Ron, but then uh-huh. also Winky. But they just hash it out right there in the woods. It's like Arthur Weasley, yeah, Mr. Not, Crouch, yeah, uh, Amos Diggory. I don't know what his job is exactly. It's not even Aurors. It's like it's like normal, like like Ministry pencil pusher guys, like like hashing this out like in the in the woods. And they're like, well, I guess the house elf couldn't have done it. We're not going to investigate further, but uh, I guess not for that. Um, there's no the- like crime scene like setting. It just it just is are very no, casual. Are, are there no are there no orders available like at night? Do they all go to sleep and like they're not on shifts or whatever? Like they can't like you know oh like ah uh, well, like I would set up a crime scene, but like. Moody's asleep. Uh, and I, that's... I feel like I might have been supposed to think that there were aurors there that just weren't speaking. But again, this is like a World Cup like... size event. Yeah, it would be like their damn job. And I think that they could probably pull rank uh, on, on Barty Crouch, like the foreign affairs minister. And Amos Diggory, who's just like throwing yeah. out these like wild accusations. Yes very super duper weird stuff i i I can't quite like this this sure seems like a the wizarding world is the scale that it needs to be at any given moment for the plot yeah Um, because this again is like more kids book logic type stuff but in like a very not kids book 
style and (laughs) right in a very serious situation yeah it really takes me out of it like i i want to say i still think this is my favorite chapter of this book so far Mm -hmm. but i just am still a little bit side-eyeing this scene i guess it's and and it's a lot too because this is also (sighs) this is also the the real introduction of like hermione's fervor for house elf liberation stuff yeah uh and i think it is it i think it's kind of a weird place for it to pop up uh and also handled in a very strange way i i i maybe tell me if this is how you felt but like when she also in the previous chapter in the in the world cup chapter and she was talking about how self stuff did did you already get the vibe that she was being presented as kind of a shrill annoying like activist type yeah that's been her in this entire book to be honest and this is like the culmination of that because up until this time she's been like shaking my head at the hot ladies at the world cup and like don't don't torture the muggle boy please uh and this is just kind of more of the same yeah I just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried. Like I said, like you said, side eyeing. I'm a little worried about Hermione here. Yeah. Um. I think that my other thing, like it's the flip side of this, which is where, um, <laughs> I'm thinking back to my, uh, like first book takeaway, and even the second and third ones where Ron was really up there as one of my favorite characters, and like having some of the best character moments in these books. Mm-hmm. Not really liking him coming down on the side of slavery here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little. I don't know if that's a trait I really wanted Ron to have. Especially because Ron was the one in Chamber of Secrets who knew all about the Wizarding War, right? Like. And, oh, God. And... We didn't even talk about the fact that Ron doesn't know what the Dark Mark is. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, out of any of them, he would be the one who would know. His and dad would also know what it war. means. The dad, his dad fought in the war. I, both of his parents did. That were that will be referred to as the first wizarding war or whatever. Yeah. Second, first war with Voldemort. I don't know. Um, he doesn't know what the dark mark is, and Hermione is the one to to exposit for us this time. Yeah. An odd switch, honestly. Super strange. I don't know why. Like I, I'm. I would not. I'm not saying that she shouldn't know it, but it's weird that Ron doesn't. Her being there to exposit for Ron in this situation is baffling to me. Uh, And also, um, this is something I'm curious about. And I don't know if this is like an intended parallel that doesn't uh, that doesn't come up uh, any more than than this. Or if it's a mistake that it isn't connected or if there's just something coming up that I don't remember. Um, but I draw a pretty direct line between the way that uh, uh, Fred and George treated uh, Dudley to what was going on at the World Cup during that march. Yeah. Like, I, just I, torturing I muggles. Thi- for... I, I did not think of it. Um, but when you say that, yes. Like, obviously, on a completely different scale, and for, like, you know, not literally the same reasons, but, like, it's the same thing, right? Like, 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 does anyone, I'm curious if that comes up, like, if, you know, if Arthur, you know, chews them out over that, or 
if they have a moment of realization about that or if it just never comes up again like i'm very very curious because that seems like if it's not an intended parallel it's like one that feels like a real missed opportunity to to talk about yeah i mean what happened to deadly was pretty horrific Mm -hmm. honestly yeah like it's couched in humor but it's it's pretty scary it would be very scary to have happen to you yeah uh so so yeah I, d- I definitely didn't notice that but i will be disappointed if it doesn't come up again in in some way because um it, it seems i i can see that line being drawn for sure yeah yeah i don't so i don't know i, I like you said the world building here is really this i think this is the the uh the the kind of the beginning of the seams starting to pop in in like this whole act of like trying to shove a very complex war and socio political like history story into a whimsical <laughs> fairy tale like this is like the first this is like the first rivet popping off you know like 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 yeah yeah like this is yeah how many death eaters were there supposed to be in this mob <laughs> what if it's 10 like 50, 20 50,000 50 50,000 50, of these <laughs> wow that's, yeah yeah if it's uh, if it's like 10 uh, guys and 100,000 so do we know that there's no wizard college but like did did 100 did 99,000 people 99,900 people forget how to do expelliarmus I, we get like that weird throwaway line where it's like the ministry's worried uh, the muggles will fall. And it's like, how about have someone else cast a levitation spell? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I the weird inability to like think creatively with their own spells is kind of strange in this situation. They I guess just seem, they just come off as like being very bad at magic. If this is true, there are 100,000 people at this event and it's the world cup. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, I all I can picture is the footage, like, that comes out of, like, the things, like, the riots that happen after the Super Bowl in, like, the home city, and I have mm-hmm. a hard time imagining that fucking 10 Death Eaters can just, like, <laughs> cause that that level of chaos when uh-huh. literally every person at this event is armed. Right, yeah, they all have wands, yeah. Um... Yeah, it's very strange. Here's the other thing that is weird about this to think about. Um, that levitation spell, the, the Levicorpus or whatever, uh, that's a Snape special. Oh, Snape. You know, he invents a lot of spells that come up, huh? <laughs> uh, a surprising percentage of spells. Our old pal, Mr. Snape, uh, really, really liked uh, inventing inventing stuff for Death Eaters to use they're all very simple spells yeah that's the other thing is that i feel like someone before (laughs) snape probably thought about using magic to lift someone else yeah no one else could crack the the sword spell code until old snape came along (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like, like, why hasn't anyone invented sword spell yet oh wow like you can hurt someone with a sword wow like damn i figured it out you can hang people up in the air. What? I'm the first person to come up with this? Okay. I think the other spell that he invents is one that we haven't seen yet, and it's the one that allows you to have a private conversation. Muffliato. Wait, did he? In- oh, yes. he invented that one yes. too? I didn't even... 
Fuck, he I know he invented a lot of them. Isn't there like a like a infographic out there that's like <laughs> all the spells he invented? Yeah. Oh, that's good. very talented. Um very talented and also you have to guy. consider that he's one of two people that ever learned how to fly. <laughs> wow, he's, the surprises never stop with our guy Snape. <laughs> I mean, I would say like maybe this is like a joke that wizards are really bad at stuff. Um, but I saw the Fantastic Beast movie, and boy, it's like magic got worse. They got worse at magic between Fantastic <laughs> Beasts and Harry Potter. Everyone in Fantastic Beasts can like wave their hand and fix an entire apartment block. Yeah. Uh, whereas I remember, I remember in Half Blood Prince, it's like impressive that Dumbledore can do it like to one room or whatever, like the one house. Right, uh, and and Snape has invented a good proportion of the most common spells that we see. <laughs> the most common ones, and also some of the most evil ones too. Like he he was very good at like utilities and also torture. Yeah, yeah, he's a morally gray character. <laughs> he's just a, such a complex person. Yeah, just not all good and not all bad. Our old Snape you know, invented lynching. Yeah. Uh, um, also made it so you can have a quiet conversation. You know, levels, layers. Yeah, sure. Onion. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think I definitely agree that this this is is weird and silly. It didn't really hamper my overall enjoyment of this chapter. I'm still mostly like impressed by the the tone shift and how scary and effective it was. I'm just not gonna think too hard about it. No, yeah, it's definitely still in that realm, especially because part of the part of my argument that I pulled from is the three thousand wizards in Britain. Thing. Yeah, and then it's not who knows it's not textual. If, if, yeah, who knows if that like applied when she was thinking about this stuff? Again, J.K., just stop, just stop ruining this stuff. Like, not every question needs to be answered unless it's us or one of our followers asking you what did snape have for breakfast i have to know we have to know do you have anything else for this 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 set of chapters gosh i don't think so no i yeah oh it's weird like i it, a lot of times when we have like these chapters with really weird politics stuff in them uh, I walk away from the chapter not enjoying it overall because of them. Here, I actually did enjoy this reading quite a bit. It just also had some of the most insane, like, political implications yet. Uh, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's very weird. Like, like, yeah, like I, I maybe I should maybe I shouldn't enjoy it as as, as much considering it it literally features like the weird enslavement of like harpies and leprechauns who are apparently like people and not animal whatever it's it's a mess but it's a mess i kind of enjoyed yeah i like the i like the atmosphere um and i also like the plot setup stuff i guess yes. i'm excited about the barty crouch mystery um and all of that is yeah is good to look forward to yeah all right well speaking of things to look forward to i'm looking forward to our break because uh it's october and we're gonna start getting spooky <laughs> i can't wait
Welcome back. Boo. Ah. Did I get you? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> sorry to all the listeners who just jumped uh, with my scary, scary jump scare there. Um, but it's Halloween. It's it's time for that kind of thing. So you got to be on your toes. Um, yeah. I think I all think this you mean month. Dark Arts Month. Oh, it's Dark Arts Month. I'm sorry. Yeah. But well, so through Dark Arts Month, uh, uh, we we're going to keep you on your toes by bringing you some Halloween themed content in our in our third segments in, in in a few episodes um there's a lot out there because harry potter has a lot of halloween stuff in it uh which is cool um and uh and not at all not at all filled with some really really funny articles from pottermore and 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 whatnot no uh, yeah <laughs> yeah no we found some real scary stuff we are not going to read you articles from pottermore uh that we searched halloween for uh oh wait just kidding yes i am this is the pottermore uh uh article eight fantastic beasts to be scared of this halloween uh-oh i might get um, too scared <laughs> yeah are you, are you ready these these are a little these are a little creepy I, is I, this I, one dated is this a dated article no i wish it was i don't I guess, know if this, uh, this i hope it's from it's it's got to be fairly recent because it says Fantastic Beasts and the, and it has like a link to the Fantastic Beasts movie section. Okay, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out if this is part of the media blitz or if this was just. I think I think it's both. I think this was a Halloween themed media tie in for the first movie. Okay, sure. But here we go. The Dementors might be a classic fright fest but there are a whole host of other terrifying beasts you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. I don't know if I would describe the Dementors as a classic fright fest. Yeah, I don't even really consider them a beast, really. Is a, is a flying cloak a beast? I don't know. I, I They're scary, but I don't know if they're that that kind of scary. Yeah, I, they're, I, they're I, like existentially scary. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that we'll have some scarier ones in uh, in the article. Well, the first one is the werewolf. Lupin? Yeah, you know, that guy. Uh, the curse of the werewolf is so well known that even muggles have learned to fear them. Although outside the wizarding world, they're still thought of as nothing more than a scary story. Most of the time, of course, a werewolf is only as dangerous as you are. What? Oh, I guess I'm learning. <laughs> uh, but when the moon is full, the person afflicted transforms into a ravenous wolf-like monster. Even worse, not every werewolf is as good-natured as everyone's favorite defense against the dark arts teacher, Remus Lupin. Some have been known to spread their curse deliberately, like the infamous Fenrir Greyback. As Newt Scamander notes in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, werewolves are particularly dangerous. Almost uniquely among fantastic creatures, the werewolf actively seeks humans in preference to any other kind of prey. Did you know there's a full moon coming up? Boo, gotcha. <laughs> love that the whole point of the werewolf like the whole point of lupin is like werewolves are like discriminated against and uh -huh. they're not dangerous with like appropriate care and, uh -huh. and all of that but they don't get it but boy this article just goes for it <laughs> be scared Ooh, of werewolves yeah be, yeah 
That's really yeah. funny. Um, it's, also, it, it, the Fenrir Greyback stuff is such garbage. It's it so ass. shitty. Uh, specifically because JK has like said that the werewolf stuff represents AIDS or whatever. Yeah, don't have, do not have the character that is spreading AIDS on purpose. That's so fucked up. That's that's such a like Reagan era scare tactic thing. Like Jesus. Yeah. So So really strong down. right out the gate with the werewolf there. <laughs> uh, number 2, the the poger bin. Um a poger bin is a small Russian demon with a large rounded head that resembles a stone. It chooses a person to follow and creates a feeling of lethargy and despair in them that finally they can no longer take it and fall to their knees. It's at this point <laughs> the poger bin, nasty creature that it is, pounces to eat its victim. Thankfully, it can be driven off with common hexes, or if you're so inclined, a well-aimed kick has also been found to be effective. Hmm. He's a cute little guy who makes you depressed and then eats you. Also, he has a stone for a head. He's a stone that re- for a head. That reminds me of the uh, the gnomes that ha- that look like potatoes. Oh, hell yeah. I love those guys. That's a fantastic beast. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, number three is the, the Bundy Moon. The Bundy Moon. Ooh. A Bundy Moon infestation will fill your house with the smell of decay, kind of like an anti-air freshener. It can be hard to spot them. They look like patches of green mold, but you need to root them out quickly. Their unwelcome scent may create a spooky ambiance, but Bundaman uh, secretions <laughs> eat through buildings, and nothing would ruin your Halloween party more. This is just mold. This isn't a creature. This is just mold. Check for mold, people. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying. Yeah, I keep having to to call call my my damn landlords on the mold in the bathroom, and little did I know that it was creating a uh, a spooky ambiance. I hadn't even <laughs> considered that. Oh, I love molds. Very scary. <laughs> 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 uh, number four is the Urkling. The Urkling is a three foot high elfin monster from Germany uh, named DJ Tiesto. No, uh, <laughs> capable of attracting children with its high pitched cackling. Uh, it all sounds a bit Pied Piper, doesn't it? It would be terrible if an Urkling were abroad at Halloween. You might, as you might have guessed, it wouldn't be the trick or tweet, treat sweets it wanted to eat. What the fuck? <laughs> What? Sorry, I need to back up and reread this sentence. Hold on. Insane. Uh, as you might have guessed, it wouldn't be the trick or treat sweets it wanted to eat. I didn't, wouldn't guess. Um, <laughs> what? I guess it's a three foot tall. It's like a Pied Piper that eats kids. Goblin that eats kids. Yeah, that's it's the it up. monster. Um. Kind of some real small paragraphs here. I feel like I feel like Pottermore could have maybe given us Where a little bit more. Where is this from? Is this from the Fantastic Beasts textbook? Yes, I think the Urkling is. I think I remember that one vaguely. Mm. Um, this one, the this next one is just for you. Uh, oh, this, this is a special one. The Kappa. <laughs> oh, there he is. I know that one. That one. Make the Kappa face in the, in the <laughs> chat. He, uh, Lupin, while he was a professor, taught a class about Kappas. In Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, they're described as creepy water dwellers that look like scaly monkeys with webbed hands itching to strangle unwitting waiters into their ponds. That's enough for you to beware of paddling if you can't see the bottom. Newt's commander says that luckily a Kappa may be persuaded not to harm a person if it is thrown a cucumber with that person's name carved into it. This is oddly specific advice, but it seems worth heeding, so keep a cucumber handy. They're also very good in salads. This little mm. joke from 
That's pretty funny. I like yeah. that we can give a little preview of what it's going to be like when we Twitch stream the new Harry Potter game and we ask for Kappas in the chat. <laughs> so I hope everyone is stealing themselves for for that one. Yeah. Uh, the Augury. Hey, Not don't scary. be scared of the Augury. He's a cute friend. I like the this Augury. guy. Yeah, the Augury nests in the British Isles and Fantastic Beasts describes it as being like a, a small and underfed vulture in appearance as a unique cry and while we now know that it's merely a forecast of bad weather it used to be thought of as a portent of death there might be some truth to this tale as there's more than one story of a wizard unexpectedly hearing an augury calling and uh, and subsequently dropping dead from a heart attack it'd certainly be a spooky thing to encounter on a cold october walk no it wouldn't he's a bird with depression i would love to hang out with that yeah, this is the best part of the fantastic, or the excuse me, the Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. I mm-hmm. think we see the augury. He's very cute, and I like him. Yeah, a lot. there's also in the in the um, our reading for the World Cup on on Pottermore, they describe uh, there's a there's a team that has an augury as a mascot named Hans, and he has a fan club, and I want to join the Hans fan club. Yeah, there there is a world where instead of doing this for Halloween, we would have had to read the World Cup Pottermore article, but it's so boring. <laughs> is it just... also like from the perspective of Ginny as a sports reporter or something? I didn't even notice because I was skimming it, trying to figure out how boring it was. <laughs> it's just very boring. I don't think I like Quidditch very much. No. Our next one is the Chimera. Cool. Chimeras are rare, but legendary beasts. Native to Greece, <laughs> chimeras have the head of a lion, the body of a goat, and the tail of a dragon, and are some of the most vicious and the most dangerous monsters that a wizard or witch could ever have the misfortune to come across. In all of history, there's only been one recorded instance of a chimera being defeated. Sadly, the victor soon fell to his death due to exhaustion from actually beating the thing. Hmm. That's kind of cool, I guess. Chimeras are neat. Yeah, um, I'm surprised... I don't know- at the choice of the selection of beasts here i guess yeah do we see a chimera in harry potter no i think they get i think they get mentioned like once i always thought that the blasted scroots were supposed to be like a chimera like a oh yeah i forgot harry about those potter guys. version of a chimera um didn't the chimera come up in prisoner of azkaban when they were looking at the the trials of of uh hippogriffs oh yeah i, I think so because um, hmm. I think the chimera was spared, but only because they wouldn't go near it or something. Right. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. The last one here is the Lethifold. We're saving the best, or rather the most frightening, until last. The Ooh. Lethifold is found only in tropical climates, or in other words, places you might go on holiday this winter. A Lethifold is like a living shadow, a black cloak of darkness that creeps across the ground. And for added measure, it smothers and digests its pray while they're asleep lovely the wizard flavius belby wrote a terrifying account of managing to escape a lethifold while on holiday in 1752 thanks to him we know the only spell known to drive off an attacking lethifold is the patronus charm that's convenient uh, that is we hope- very convenient did snape invent we- that one <laughs> no that's that's one of the ones he didn't invent oh okay uh, one of the few uh we hope you've had your happy memories ready this halloween thanks pottermore hmm i was hoping for something a little spookier yeah i don't think many of these are all that spooky um i'm looking at pictures of the lethifold and there's some really is it a tropical dementor 
Yes, 100%. That's what it sounds like. That's hilarious. Um, There are some really good illustrations of it on Google Image Search. This one's from Angel Fire. Uh, and it, it appears to just be um, the MS Paint spray paint tool. Uh, That's beautiful. And, but this one, I'm sending you this, and I think I'm going to have to post this on the Twitter uh, because this is a fantastic beast and is not scaring me at all. Look at this fellow. Oh, take a look at that, friend. That's um, that's Dementor uh, Alolan form. <laughs> that's it's a Dementor, um, but like one of those like a uh, little worm on a string guys. Yeah. Yeah. Friend. I like him. Friend. What, how, what does he do to you again? He makes you sad. Well, he's like a Dementor, but I guess instead of sucking your soul out, he he like vores you a little bit. He like yeah, he looks like he would. Yeah, he's a big blanket. That he's 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 one of those weighted blankets, but alive. Yeah, and he vores you instead yeah. of makes you sad. Yeah, that is scary. That's <laughs> a little scary. But we I, went through a... kind of the the not so scary stuff. Uh, you know, like the the Kappa um the chimera but i think it was all worth it for the the lethifold he's a friend i like him yeah um well i guess before we dive into our other pottermore uh halloween article i'll tell us a, a short scary story which is that we got t- we have ordered our tickets to the fantastic beasts movie <laughs> that's right that's it's the right. scariest we, thing i can think of I, I found out this morning that the tickets uh, were now available um, for pre-order. And so we're we're locked and loaded. We are seeing this stupid fucking movie in theaters. The, not even like the night of release. It's like the day before entirely. Yeah, it's like 5 cool. p.m. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what I feel like this is like the the Black Friday store opening race. Mm-hmm. However, it was like, oh, it's stupid because Walmart opens at 9 p.m. the night before. And this is like the movie version of that where it's like, go to the midnight premiere. It's the day before at five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, not complaining, though, because it means we'll be nice and awake for it. So I'm looking forward yeah. to, to I seeing was really wor- I was really worried because I'm old and I go to sleep at like 10. So I was very concerned about having to go see (laughs) Crimes of Grindelwald at midnight or whatever. (laughs) Uh, So that's a very scary story. Um, Yeah, that's my that's my scary story. Um, But, you know, we might also want to host a Halloween party. And who better to give us some tips about how to host a good Halloween party than Nearly Headless Nick? Look. Look, it's nearly headless nick it's nearly headless nick this is halloween party tips from nearly headless nick um and i i guess that's like thematic i feel like this is maybe one of the most creative pottermore pieces like in concept <laughs> i guess uh, uh-huh. um, except i'm just gonna um read the like introduction and then i'm gonna move on to the first <laughs> like point on this list uh so the intro is halloween parties are so unoriginal these days anyone can carve a pumpkin and organize a fancy dress competition if you really want to throw a standout celebration you could do worse than listen to the advice of gryffindor's resident ghosts or nicholas de mincy porpington aka nearly headless nick Harry, Ron, and Hermione might not have had much of a laugh at Nick's death day party, but he certainly threw a party that would never be forgotten. And then his first tip is just invitations. Oh, thank you, Nick. 
he's a ghost so maybe he's just kind of forgotten like what customs are are like living customs and which ones are ghost customs but I, i'd let nick know that don't worry i think invitations uh are are on the radar don't forget to send an invitation to your party otherwise no one will show up um <sighs> fuck i always forget to yeah um so I'm not really sure what this is referring to because it's like a, I assume it's the death day party. Uh, Nick considered his guest list carefully. Never forget that the wailing widow came all the way from Kent for Nick's special day. Kent. However, Nick did get himself in a flap by inviting members of the headless hunt. Wait, he invited them. I don't think he did. I think they showed up unannounced. Yeah. That was my impression. Yeah. Um, uh, take Nick's mistake as advice for your own parties. <laughs> I okay, hate so when we... I invite someone I hate to my party. Oh, fuck. Uh, I can't stop. I'm inviting some people I hate. Oh, no. This oh, is how I we, invited. This is how we end up with um with Trump people at our party, and then we have to bust out the Hufflefuck. Yeah, <laughs> the Hufflefuck glasses. Oh, damn it. I invited I invited Boogie from, from YouTube on accident, and he showed up, so I'm gonna... gonna drink this this raven crap wine in front of him until he leaves damn it really is centrist Uh-oh. season in here john green is here god damn it he probably liked drink... the hufflefuck cup yeah you'd think that was hilarious that that yeah that would backfire he would he would want to try all of them on for size yeah um so the next point is dress code and decorations um and our little blurb here is Nick coming from the 1400s was constantly in a fancy dress by proxy. But for those who don't have the luxury of being a ghost from centuries ago, a Halloween outfit is always key. Something suitably spooky. Obviously you could, for instance, hold your own death day party, pack the room full of ice and chill it right down. Put up some mirrors for a spot of misdirection, (laughs) get a tombstone cake, and invite your guests to wear long flowing clothes that will flutter in the cold air as they wander around mournfully. You know, ghost style. It worked for Nick, but he didn't really have much of a choice in the matter when it came to picking his ensemble. Uh, Hmm. Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. (laughs) Um, I would like to be the most insufferable prick and point out that uh if if nick is from the 1400s he should not be wearing a ruff Mm. a ruff ruffs ruffs were fashionable in the 16th and 17th century Uh not not the 1400s jk maybe that that was a is he described in the books as wearing a ruff or is that i think he special i think he is actually described as wearing a ruff in the in the book I mean, I don't care. Whatever. I don't care. But it is, but it is, it is, it is a, it is a detail. Can we do a small side to talk about the Daniel Radcliffe fact-checking article? Oh, it's so cute. Daniel Radcliffe, (laughs) I I would invite him to my Halloween party. He just seems like the nicest guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, He's in a play, right? He's on Broadway and it's a play about uh, a fact checker at a yes. publication yeah. of some kind i'm not really familiar with it i think it's like um, a book about two rival fact checkers that like clashed on like how to do their job it sounds kind of interesting honestly uh, yeah a very weird weird premise um but yes yes it is uh it is uh he, he is the lead in that i think and he's like kind of doing a press tour right now and i guess as part of it he like went to or it's part of partially research too. He like went to the New Yorker 
uh-huh. uh, and like got to hang out in their fact checking department, and it's very sweet. Yeah, and it it details a call that he made uh, about a like restaurant review article where he had to fact check it all and he's described as being like really nervous and stuff um so in this moment i'd like him to go back and fact check uh harry potter <laughs> I'd, like yeah. him, I'd like to hear the conversation between uh him calling jk rowling uh, about the nearly headless <laughs> nick wearing a rough <laughs> <laughs> not oh my that it God. matters at all um uh, so yeah uh so so far at our our party here we've sent invitations to people we hate and also are making people wear long flowing clothes that will flutter in the cold air <laughs> this party sounds fucking awesome time for music oh hell yes what kind of music would you play at your halloween party at a halloween party i don't know i'd I'm a dip. I'm a dorky dipshit, so I'd probably play some like classical music or, or it's like scary classical music or like some weird ambient electronic stuff. I don't know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess here's nearly headless Nick's tip, and we'll see how how well you did. Um, the music is your opportunity to really set the party mood, so make sure it's suitable. You could make a playlist and get your speakers out. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> But don't do that. Nearly Headless Nick favors an orchestra of musical saws and a sound like fingernails scraping down a blackboard. It's an acquired taste, maybe, but it would fit well with the Death Day Party theme if you're looking for a bit of inspiration. Okay, so he's suggesting putting on some Ed Sheeran albums. Got it. <laughs> but um, but um, check. Check, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we have food and drink next. Um, so it's it's the moldy food from the death day party. Oh yeah, I remember that. I would not. <laughs> I would not <laughs> do that. Uh, well, the mold might be what was that creature? Oh, the 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 Bundy, whatever the fuck. Yeah, Bundy bum, the boodly bop. The mold, that thing. the mold animal. Um, don't yeah. worry, you don't have to take Nick's advice for everything, so don't serve rotten fish. I will um, get speakers and a playlist going, though. I did like that one. Yeah, that. well, that wasn't his tip. His tip was to not do that. It was to... Oh, get, uh, shit, you're right. Get an orchestra of saws. That, that's okay. I mean, if you if you really needed a saw sound, like you probably would still make a playlist of that, right? Because mm-hmm. we're muggles. Yeah. So you're making a speech at your Halloween party. Oh, yeah, as as I definitely would. If you're planning a speech, make sure you give it nice and early, especially if you've invited anyone like that rabble-rousing headless hunt lot, because they will definitely try and disrupt it. Practice first, too. You'll want to make sure you can be heard above the conversation and the noise of musical saws if you've already followed Nick's party tips to the letter. It doesn't say what the speech is about. I know we know what speech he gave, but yeah, I don't know what that's... kind of speech I would give at a Halloween party yeah yeah that that like if i was asking for for halloween party tips and that's what he said like hey give a speech i'd be like great what what about you got any ideas and he's already floating away i guess at that point and i have to yeah i'm not sure um uh, you give speeches at like birthday parties maybe um speeches at a at a at a halloween party seems a little weird unless you're like I don't know, like maybe you recite the opening to Thriller or something. I I think that the reason he gave a speech is because it wasn't a Halloween party. It was the anniversary of his death. 
yeah it's a birthday party but for a ghost right like yeah yeah it just happened to be on halloween right well the next tip is don't lose your head oh i get it thank you nick that's a funny joke one of the most important things nick ever taught us nobody likes a party host who flips out (laughs) oh (laughs) so our main tip Hmm. is to keep your cool at all times we suggest ice. Nick had ghosts. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Wait, what? We su- what? He, we suggest- he, Nick kept cool because he's a ghost, but we have to keep cool with ice because we're alive. Okay, I so I get it when you phrase it like that, but that's not what it says. It said Nick no. had ghosts. Uh, and I don't... Nick is a ghost. He is, yeah. Is the you, problem with that? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not like I don't have humans sitting around here. It's me. I'm sitting here. It's yeah, warm blooded. Yeah, that's the human <laughs> condition. Just like Quidditch. <laughs> Just um, like Quidditch. Uh, the final, the final, most important point here is to have fun. Last of all, enjoy it. Nick sure know how to throw a spooky shindig. And just because you're not a ghost doesn't mean you can't too. So grab a plate of furry cheese, enjoy the musical saws, and ask yourself why on earth you didn't take party advice from someone better in the first place. So a little joke there at the end. Don't serve rotten food at your party. Yeah, good idea. And don't invite the headless hunt. No, we hate those guys. We hate those fucking guys. But I got, I've already gotten these Hufflefuck glasses out. That's true. Um, what am I going to do if I can't show them to my epic foes? Yeah, so that's that's the, the Pottermore Halloween roundup. Um, there are lots of other Halloween things. If you search Halloween on Pottermore, including a Halloween quiz, which we won't get into. Um, but but they, they go all out for Dark Arts Month over there. Hell yeah. On it my is favorite the best website. Month. Yeah, the best favorite month of the year, favorite website. Great. What could go wrong? What could possibly? Well, I I think we know what could go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Would you like would you like to give a teaser of what will be going wrong next next week in in Dark Arts month? Yeah, so I think that we're going to take a look uh for next next week at some some scary fan fiction. And by that I mean I'm going through the Halloween tag on AO3. Um, <laughs> and just as a little uh, little teaser here, um, here here's uh, some spooky fan fiction, uh, and this one is called "Fuck Like an Egyptian." Um, and here's a little <laughs> here's a little teaser line. Professor McGonagall said you had nice legs. Hermione said, "I don't wanna, but I have to. We have to go. We have to do our diligence here." Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is Dark Arts Month. It's really, really dark. <laughs> well, if 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 that's um, if that hasn't scared everyone off already, our theme song is not Hot McGonagall this week, but usually it is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Uh, please check them out on Bandcamp uh and uh give us a review on that old itunes uh we love it uh we 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 love seeing the 
nice things people write and the stars going up and 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 we appreciate all the feedback and you can check us out on patreon as well if you'd like to hear our bonus episodes we just read the fault in our stars yeah we talked about it for like two hours (laughs) yeah yeah if if uh if you want to hear us talk about the fault in our stars please subscribe and listen to the episode because uh otherwise we will have done it for naught and 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 that's reading time i will never get back yeah yeah here's the cliff notes it fucking sucks Ugh. folks <laughs> yeah fault in their stars i give that one zero stars um i'll give it one and a half okay all right that's, that's my enough. that's my official uh putting my stamp of approval on that goodreads review right there <laughs> uh speaking of goodreads what are we reading next week uh, the new thing we're doing is this dynamic deciding what we're reading while while, <laughs> while, while, while I flip through the book here. I keep on I keep on remembering that I haven't asked you yet as I'm asking it on the podcast. Um, it's very good. It's okay. It's okay. So I think that we should do two chapters. Um, they're pretty short, actually. Um, okay. So I think that if we do two, that means we're gonna bump up for the week after being at Hogwarts. So. Uh, next okay. week, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to do chapter 10, which is called Mayhem at the Ministry. And then we're also going to do chapter 11, which is Aboard the Hogwarts Express. All right. That, yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm sure we have some long chapters. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to have some long chapters coming up where we're going to do one. I We probably could have done one for each of these, honestly. These were long, dense chapters, but uh, I'm glad we did. I'm glad we knocked these out. Yeah, for sure. Well, don't read The Fault in Our Stars. Um, no. We did that. Uh, so as well as not that one and not Harry Potter, please read another book. Please read another book. Another book.